Riverside. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Men and Gitch, the bi-weekly news video game podcast. I am your host, Gage, and we have a special guest this week because... Uh, Brandon is unfortunately dealing with some important family issues, so we're sending him some good vibes. But I am joined today by my good pal, my old chum, the Shelly Belly. Hello, hello. Good to be here. <laughs> How are you doing, Shelly? Oh, not so bad, and you? Oh, not so bad. It is a gloomy Saturday down yeah, here in Canada. Yeah, it's not very nice. Yeah, it's been a pretty shitty weekend. Lots of rain which is not great. Uh, But we've got lots of news to talk about, which is great. Um, And some not great stuff, actually, which we'll get into. (laughs) Um, But we're going to jump right into the news here with number one, uh, a big one, a bombshell. Valve has announced the Steam Deck, a handheld gaming console that runs on a Linux-based operating system. Valve claims the device can run any game on Steam and... The hardware is slightly more powerful than the Xbox One slash PS4. The Steam Deck will launch holiday 2021 and will feature three different models with similar performance. Uh, There is the base model, which gets you 64 gigs of EMMC storage for $399 US dollars or $499 Canadian, 256 gig uh, NVMe solid state storage model for uh, $530 American or $660 Canadian. And there's a 512 gig model, uh, also NVMe solid state storage for $650 American and $820 Canadian. So for everyone who wanted a Switch Pro, I mean, this is kind of it. <laughs> this is this, <laughs> this is the upgraded Switch, except it runs Steam games. This is... Uh, This is pretty cool. Uh, I know that in one of our earlier episodes, we were talking about how Gabe Newell was at a, I want to say a college or a high school in New Zealand. And somebody asked him like, oh, you're going to bring Steam games to console? And he was like, you'll know more about that by the end of the year. This this seems to be that. So handheld Steam machine, Sheldon, does this do anything for you? I mean, I'm not personally one for handhelds, like the Switch even uh, was never really even tickled my fancy. Um, I'm very much an all-in-one entertainment type person on my consoles are hooked up to the one big TV. I'm that type of that type of person. However, the fact that the handheld is going to be more powerful than the Xbox One and PlayStation 4, that's... uh, that's pretty big for a, for a handheld and to be able to play steam games as well. Uh, very interesting, really. Yeah, no, it's, it's nice that they're able to do that. And it's kind of, uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's really comedic timing because uh, the, the switch OLED model, which everybody thought was going to be this big upgrade and, and it wasn't, um, it's kind of putting, uh, it's probably, probably lighting uh, Nintendo fire under Nintendo's ass right now, because now you've got this other, uh, machine and you know they may not be direct competitors they got different ip like one's definitely you know kid friendly the other one's just everything but it is uh it, it does kind of show like hey you can you if you are willing to make the sacrifice in terms of like money and research like you can make a powerful handheld and 
I was not expecting. I was expecting Steam to do like another Steam console, but uh, a Steam handheld is weird. And apparently, it will have an actual dock that can hook into a TV. Um, but that's not coming with launch. I think. I think this is that's going to come after. So, yeah. And I still, agree. yeah, like that. That would be like, yeah, if you had to choose between the Switch and uh, the Steam Deck. I mean, aside from being, if you were diehard for the Nintendo IP, then. Uh, somewhat of a no-brainer really <laughs> if you're Absolutely, looking for a you handheld have, you've got a much wider choice right i mean you can play and this is the thing with steam now right so you can buy the steam deck and you've if, if you're somebody who wants handheld you've got a handheld option or you plug it into the dock and now you can play xbox uh xbox exclusives pc exclusives and playstation exclusives all in one machine and then take it with you if you wanted to as well. And then take it with you, and 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 have that exact same power too. That's the thing with the Switch is yeah. that it has it has a hindered power when it's on handheld mode, and then it actually has some processing power in the dock itself. Whereas this, it seems like um, it's just you get the same power because the handheld is actually pretty powerful itself. So um, that's pretty cool. Also, that's another thing that I didn't think about until just now. We don't know anything about the dock, so if they do the same thing as the Switch, it could have even more power when stationary hooked into the dock which would be interesting to see right right yeah, yeah that'd be big so um this is definitely one i'm keeping an eye on i actually did try and uh so you the way that the way that you can get one of these is uh on steam uh they had like uh, it was it was it was as if it's its own product to buy on steam there was like a reserve thing that you could pay five bucks and i tried to get one like an hour after it was announced and it was they were already sold out so yeah it's uh, obviously high demand, sold out already. So I'm excited to see what that dock looks like and uh, if this takes off for them because this is the first iteration and it's already pretty impressive. So if this it, becomes yeah. a huge seller and they double down on this idea, like that could be a uh, Steam Deck two, you know, three years from now could be fucking huge. Yeah, definitely. It definitely checks a lot of boxes in terms of all the different things that an individual may want out of a console. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. Um, moving on to number two, uh, the Bethesda published Deathloop will be console exclusive to PS5 for one year, ending on September 14th. We got confirmation on this. This is what a lot of people assumed. Uh, it was kind of weird because Bethesda agreed to make this PS5 exclusive before the Xbox deal happened, and now you have an Xbox company publishing a PlayStation exclusive. So, yeah, one year timed exclusivity. That's going to suck for some Xbox people, and... Um, but I think it is coming to PC at the same time. So some people might be able to get around that. But yeah, if you're an Xbox guy and you're looking forward to Deathloop, you're going to have to wait a year um, and uh, and then it'll come to everything. Yeah, I had uh, I had checked out the trailer for that. And it was funny because within about 30 seconds, the first thing that popped into my mind was, wow, this looks a lot like Dishonored. I bet you it's Arcane. And then sure enough, it, it definitely <laughs> is. And immediately it did with the teleportation and everything right off the beginning of the trailer, I immediately got dishonored vibes like right off the bat. And then I checked who was making it. I was like, yep, that makes sense. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's, it, it's definitely one of those things where you can tell that they had to adjust with what was happening with the Xbox deal, because this was uh, yeah, this was the main arcane studio and then uh, Redfall, which is being built uh, as an Xbox exclusive, is, is Arcane Austin, the the sort of sister team. So, right. um, but yeah, no, you're right. I, I love I love that Arcane, um, both the main team and the sister team, 
I love that Arcane has this like its own sort of style because even though we only got a cinematic, Redfall looks like it has that same sort of like character design where it's like kind of cartoonish, kind of realistic. Um, and uh, yeah, it, I love that they all kind of share the same DNA in terms of their style because uh, you're right, it screams like Dishonored with guns pretty much. Yeah, it's that it's that mix between the they do a really good job of it, the fluidity of like the good the mix between the magic abilities and the just hand to hand combat or in this case guns uh the way you can they just flow side by side and it, it works perfectly they do uh, they do a fantastic job at that that's for sure yeah this is uh i think this is going to be one that it might not set the world on fire but i think people are going to have a lot of fun playing with this one and uh i mean you and i both played dishonored so the idea that in this game it's like oh yeah you can you can try and you know kill them this way or kill them that way or go about the map you know a whole different sort of way on different run throughs. So, lots of replayability and uh, yeah, the uh, that like you said, the fluidity. That's a perfect word for it. It's just they feel so good to play. Um, so I am excited for that one. Um, moving on to number three, uh, we've got a bunch of stuff to talk about. So EA Play Live, which is EA's pretty much their E3 uh, conference, but not at E3. Uh, that happened uh, on Thursday, and they announced uh, some stuff. It was actually a pretty short conference in terms of uh, how these things usually go, but we got a look at Battlefield Portal, which has been this mystery sort of uh, mode that they kept uh, sort of uh, teasing and not actually saying what it was, but we actually got some details on that. We got a gameplay trailer. It is a sandbox-style game editor that allows users to create unique custom game modes uh, Portal will bring with it six maps from previous entries, going all the way back to Battlefield 1942, the first game in the franchise. Um, they're also bringing, uh, I think, 40 weapons and 40 vehicles from those older games that have been up and put into the new Frostbite engine. Uh, and you can also mix and match player models, and it looks like so much fun. Uh, I was so surprised by this, and uh, just the, I gotta say, man, like the, the EA marketing team has absolutely killed it this year with battlefield like it's got nothing but positive responses from the cinematic reveal to the gameplay to now this battlefield portal trailer i mean this just looks awesome it looks absolutely amazing to be honest all all around the game itself and as well as yeah this new portal um seems very interesting and uh, you had mentioned it to me as well uh, the fact that they've never done any sort of uh, create your own map designer or anything like that beforehand. Uh, this is going to be huge for anybody who has played any of the original battlefields. And uh, the fact that you can mix and match, do all kinds of wacky game modes, like even in the trailer, like the defibrillator versus the knife fight, <laughs> like that's just ridiculous. And it's just... Uh, if they have a community playlist and everything where you can just go in and people create stuff and you can just go play it and hop into these random silly games with your friends. Like I personally have never been huge on battlefield, but this year, especially uh, it's drawing me in and I never really uh, cared for them too much. I just never really had friends that played them. So right. I never really got into them, but uh, yeah, it's, it's drawing me in. It looks absolutely fantastic this year. And I think that's exactly what they're going for. They can, uh, like you said, all positive reviews so far. It looks amazing. I know mean, everybody's saying it's all looks fantastic. And then, uh, yeah, as a new player, I, uh, I'm even very excited for it and I haven't really played any of them before. So <laughs> they're doing a good job. 
was gonna say they're checking all the right boxes. Yeah, and, and this is this is that um, this is something that's really cool about Battlefield Portal is that it is it's like a win win situation where it's like like you said, all the old Battlefield players like are gonna absolutely love the maps that have been brought back, especially the two ones from Bad Company too. They chose really good maps to bring forward with that one and Caspian Border, which is a map from uh, Battlefield Three, which is a fan favorite. Um, but if you're not a Battlefield fan already, then guess what? You just get more content. You know what I mean? Like for, like somebody like you, it's like, okay, cool. Now this game is now launching with, you know, um, what is it? Uh, would it be 13 maps instead of seven or whatever? So, um, yeah, it's cool. And it, it's totally, like you said, with um, uh, hopefully that there's like a, uh, a community sort of playlist type thing. Like it's giving me Halo custom games vibes. And that's that's what you want for a game that if you want a game to have longevity, you want like player made content that just keeps the ecosystem alive and yeah this Absolutely. uh yeah i i'm i'm so excited to get into this game it like it, it, like every trailer that comes out it's just like yeah they're really doubling down they're going hard this year trying to bring back some excitement for this franchise and and it's working I mean, it's working man it's working it looks so good um so yeah we got we got a battlefield portal trailer that's the mysterious third game mode um we also got uh, a look at codemaster's new game which is grid legends and it looks like a sort of uh forza slash gran turismo like on track racer um and it also has really cringy live action cutscenes. and uh <laughs> uh yeah it's coming in uh 2022 we got a release window for that um is this anything you're gonna check out um it looks very interesting and the live action is kind of something new for uh those types of games but uh, for me personally, uh, with Forza, and even recently, I've been playing the Need for Speed Heat, as you know, and you have as well. <laughs> yeah. um, way too much, actually. Uh, yeah. But um, no, I've never been a huge fan of the track-only type uh, racing games. Uh, they they just don't do it for me. I, I'm much more of a fan of the open-world, uh, drive-around-at-your-own-leisure type uh, ones, because, uh, yeah, the... Uh, only on track racing yeah it just uh just doesn't do it for me personally i never i did do forza motorsport 5 it was actually the launch title with the xbox that i got and uh i played it for a bit but it loses its luster very quickly for me because you're always just doing different circuits on very similar tracks and uh just uh, not my type of vibe personally yeah I, I i agree completely i i like the variety that comes with open world and Usually with the open world games, you get not just, you know, you can drive around at your own leisure, but also usually they have things where it's like, uh, you know, off-road races, on-road races, drift races, drag races. There's usually a bit more variety to what you can do if a game is uh, open world, especially when it comes to racing. So I agree. Yeah, this, uh, it, it looks, uh, graphically, it looks fine. Like it looks, you know, impressive, but yeah, it doesn't really tickle my fancy. Um, so I will probably be skipping this one as well. But if you are a fan of, uh, those proper track races, you know, simulation, really, really uh, intense racing, then uh, you got this to look forward to. Um, number three, they showed Knockout City's second season, which is um, entitled uh, Fight for the Movies? Fight of the Movies? I forgot to write it down. Something like that. It's movie-themed. And uh, it's coming out on July 27th, and it's got new maps, new, co- new cosmetics, and a new soda ball, which looks like it's... a uh, knockout city's version of a flashbang because it covers your screen in soda so there's that 
uh you and i you and i jumped into this with some friends pretty hard when it came out um yes it's uh it's fun there's not a lot of depth to it though which is why i kind of fell off of it like it's very easy to pick up and i mean you could say hard to master but i feel like in terms of what the game has currently like the hardest like in my mind the the last achievement of this game the last thing the master was like catching the uh the uh, missile balls and then as soon as you do that it's like okay well what else is there really to to grind and like try and get your skill up for so i uh if somebody if everybody's still into this game and it's still doing well like that's fun it's a really fun concept and i like it but um i don't know if i don't know if i'll jump back into it how do you how do you feel yeah i mean i will uh i might go check it out and stuff but uh, like you say it's it's the skill ceiling for me it's like once you learn the base mechanics there's there's really the hardest part is catching the balls to the best of your ability and once you can kind of catch most things it's a lot of matches just end up being oh you're 1v1ing somebody back forth back forth you catch it they catch it yeah and it's like everybody's kind of at the same level of play even at like the highest level possible it's still very you know it's it's pretty basic when you get down to it it's not very mechanically challenging but it is definitely one of those ones you could hop in with a couple friends and you know just kind of goof around for a night and have some laughs and mess around but i don't think it has the longevity factor for me at least because yeah it does get a little bit repetitive and uh but yes, it, it it's like a party game, really. Like, I guess yes. you just had a couple friends you wanted to goof around and have some good laughs. Because, yeah, when it launched, like you say, we played with uh, with some friends and we would just be sitting in the main lobby, in the pregame <laughs> lobby, just goofing around for, like, hours at end and just laughing like maniacs, absolutely. But, yeah, uh, yeah no, I might check it out just to kind of see what they're doing with it. But, uh mechanically it just it doesn't have a lot of longevity really for me personally yeah yeah i i I agree with that it's got it's got a relatively low skill ceiling in terms of most games which is probably by design like it is a very accessible game um easy to kind of like learn the mechanics and all that stuff but uh yeah um i bet you there's probably a lot of younger kids that play it and uh i mean now you got more content for it so yeah, it's just that fast-paced, fun party game, really. It's nothing to get too serious about or, uh, you know, stress yourself about or try and grind through levels. It's very much hop on, have some fun with it, and then move on, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not the next big esports title, that's for sure. No, no, that's for <laughs> no. sure, yeah. Um, uh, a new cinematic for Apex's 10th season, Emergence, was shown and will add a new hero and map changes. So we got a pretty slick cinematic, uh, which is to be expected. Uh, Apex, I think since like their since like the third or fourth cinematic, they started getting really good. Uh, there's one I'll actually link to you after we're after we're done recording um, for one of the characters. That's just so fucking badass. But we got another cool cinematic. Um, I've been trying to get back into Apex, uh, but unfortunately other games have just popped up like need for speed heat and tarkov and other stuff but um i am i i've got such a weird relationship with apex and I'm, I'm glad it's popping off because respawn like deserves it they've they've done a lot of good games but at the same time it's kind of like oh man if this wasn't successful maybe they would have moved on and made titanfall 3 yeah <laughs> yeah so which is the one i'm waiting for yeah me too i'm desperately waiting for titanfall 3 um but uh, yeah, some new Apex content is right around the corner. 
And then finally, um, the rumored Dead Space remake has been confirmed. EA Motive will be developing the game, and it will now run on the Frostbite engine. Uh, it is exclusive to current gen and PC, and there is no release window given. So, yeah, this was this was a rumor that's floating around in the space for quite a while. Uh, no pun intended. And uh, it's... it's, it's I, don't know how, I don't know how I feel about it. I never got into Dead Space, but I know it's like one of those cult games that like a lot of people love. Um, I, I am excited that it's current gen and PC exclusive, because we haven't been getting a lot of those. There's been a lot of cross-gen stuff, and that does, you know, objectively hold back what developers can do with the game. So the fact that it's current gen and PC, it's telling me that it's going to be a proper remake. We're not just going to get a remaster, a glorified remaster that's just got up-res images. Like, no, this is this is being built up from the ground up on a new engine, on the Frostbite engine. So it'll also look gorgeous. And uh, the fact that it's current gen and PC only means that it'll probably be uh, some pretty cool new mechanics. Uh, Dead Space, I know was the game that really kicked off the whole like dismemberment thing. Like that was their big gimmick is that like there'd be like these zombies coming at you and you shoot off their legs and then they start hobbling and then you shoot off their other leg and then they just start crawling at you. So I can only imagine what they're going to do with like current hardware for this stuff. Did you ever play the original uh, Dead Space? No, you know what? They were always under the radar for me. Um, and I don't think there was really anybody uh, in my vicinity that was uh, really into them either. They kind of just, uh, it's one of those ones I knew of them, but uh, never got around to playing them. I honestly don't really know uh, much about them. Right. Yeah, I uh, I tried to boot up the first Dead Space on the PC, but it does not age well, uh, especially on PC. I find that some, some of these older games, if they weren't designed with like high frame rates in mind, it's, it's kind of like a... Um, Almost like if you've ever tried like streaming a game, like how there's a bit of like input lag and like you'll you'll move your mouse to the right and then and then you'll see your guy move to the right as opposed to it happening at the same time. Right. It had a little bit of that, so I, I tried to play it, but uh yeah, it definitely wasn't working out for me too well. So um the fact that this is a remake and not a sequel though means that this is uh this could be a really good jumping in point for a lot of people. And uh and if you're already a fan, then it's just even better because now you get to experience that game with all this new hardware. So, yeah, the trailer did look pretty sweet. Yeah, very atmospheric. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting to see how this uh, how this shakes out. Um, moving on to number four, uh, Raven Software has hired over a hundred new developers in the past year, including talent from Ubisoft, Epic Games, and Respawn, because Warzone is just not slowing down at all and uh yeah this is this is to be expected i don't really have much to say on this one let's get war zones just everywhere and of course they're going to scale up their their team for that but uh, it is interesting actually the, the the um the developer they snagged from ubisoft was uh, a game director uh so he wasn't he wasn't a small fry he was definitely uh up there in terms of the chain of command so it'll be interesting to see what they're planning on doing with that i don't know if they're going to do the whole fortnite thing where they're going to have in-game events or like a war zone like storyline that keeps evolving i'm sure i'm sure it's gonna happen i wouldn't doubt it yeah um moving on to number five amazon's new world mmo which has been in development since forever uh it's launching a closed beta and is gaining popularity on twitch unfortunately players have reported that a specific rtx 3090 graphics card uh some of them are being bricked by the game the card in question is the EVGA GeForce RTX 3090 FTW3. Holy fuck. Shorten the name. 
seems to be the only model affected. Uh, Amazon released a statement, which was actually kind of contradicting. They are like, oh, no, the game's safe to play. Like, don't worry. Uh, but also we released a patch that caps the frame rates in menus and loading screens. So it's like, okay, the game's safe to play, but you, you made a patch to fix a certain thing. So you kind of know that it was causing problems. Um, but the game's currently in closed beta and will launch on August 31st. So this is kind of two stories in one because... Uh, Amazon's New World is uh, has been in development for a long time. Amazon's been trying to get into the gaming space. Uh, they have that project Luna that is kind of like a Google Stadia type thing that they're trying to get off the ground. Um, the so the game itself seems to be kind of like a World of Warcraft type thing with a bit more of a realistic sort of art style. It's very like Renaissance, like there's flintlock pistols, but there's also like knights in armor kind of like 16th century, 17th century type thing. Um, and uh, I definitely don't know if I'll check that out because I tried to get into World of Warcraft a long time ago. I don't know if you ever dabbled with that, but it's, it is a commitment to get into these MMOs. Like you have to like have a squad that like will game every X amount of time. And uh, it's, it's, it's not for me. It's not for me personally, but um yeah, the fact that they didn't have frame rate caps uh, on the menus and the loading screens, that's kind of a rookie mistake because this is the problem. If you have a really good graphics card, like say one that's designed for 4K, uh, menus and loading screens are really not all that demanding. So what happens is that your 4K card is loading a very uh, non-intensive image. And if there's no frame rate cap on the menu, I'm guessing what was happening was that these cards were running the game menus at like, 2000 frames per second which then would send the card into overdrive and just crash it which is nuts yeah you don't uh you don't love to see that when you're just trying to play your game (laughs) no and especially the rtx 3090s is the most expensive the most powerful card you can buy right now so if these guys if these guys bought them at market sale retail price um then they paid like 2000 2500 if some of these guys American. If some of these guys bought them, like uh, off the secondary market, they probably paid three or four thousand dollars now, and it's just fucking toast. That is, yeah, that would hurt. That's yeah, that... yeah, that hurt me, and I didn't even it didn't happen to me. So yeah, and then the cherry on top is that it's a closed beta. So like you signed up for the not email, even... you're excited to play it. You get you get selected. You're in. You boot up the game for the first time, and and if your card starts rendering like. At that high frame rate you hear the fans kick up so you're sitting there you're getting ready you hear your you hear your computer going into supersonic fucking mach 3 and then it just some people were saying that they heard pops physical pops from their card and then <laughs> black screen Jeez. so that's yeah that's a pretty uh that's nightmare fuel for any pc enthusiast yeah i'd be i'd be skipping that one uh i would i would at least too. for the time being yeah i agree um Although so if you're I looking will. forward to it Oh, go ahead. I will admit their ad campaign is going strong, though. I'd never heard of this game before. And in the past couple days, I've seen the ads for it on every single YouTube video or even in between Snapchat pages and everything like their their ads are going out uh, like crazy right now because it's all I've been seeing. Yeah, I mean, that, well, that's that's the one thing Amazon has is money, right? So hopefully they can get the ad space they can get eyes on the product uh, but now we just have to see if it's if it's worth it and that's the thing with mmos is that because they're such a commitment and because they really are a game designed to be like this is the main game that you play the they're going one. up against 
they're going up against World of Warcraft. They're going up against uh, the Old Republic, um, the Star Wars MMO. There's so many established uh, MMOs right now that it's it'll have to be really good to pull people away from that. So um, we'll have to wait and see. I think I think it launches. What does it say? Yeah, launch on August 31st. So not too much longer to see uh, what kind of impact it makes when it releases. Uh, moving on to number six, Sony released a trailer for the Iki Island DLC coming to Ghost of Tsushima later this summer. The trailer teases a new villain, story, and map. The Ghost of Tsushima director's cut and the Iki Island expansion both launch on August 20th. I know you're not a PlayStation guy, and I have not played Ghost of Tsushima yet, but I know that uh, it is uh, a beloved game, so I'm guessing a lot of people are really excited to play this. I know Brandon is over the moon about this game, so um i'm just patiently waiting for the pc launch and then i'll play it or if i get a ps5 whichever one comes first moving on to number seven the halo infinite flighting could start as early as next weekend according to the most recent inside infinite dev blog the first flight will not include pvp matches instead targeted at testing the bots and battle pass progression the flight will only include a portion of the weapons, cosmetics, and maps planned for launch, and will have its own truncated battle pass to work on. Players can sign up for this flight and future flighting by going to halowaypoint.com. Um, I highly recommend you do this as well, because uh, there's quite a few steps you have to do. It's, it's less so if you're on console, but um, somebody from 343 actually tweeted out that they had over 100,000 people sign up for it, but actually only... Uh, only a small portion of them actually did the proper steps to put themselves into flighting. So if you do want to play it, that's something to keep in mind. Uh, this is pretty exciting. I mean, you and I have talked about this game so much, and uh, obviously you know me. I'm a fucking huge Halo guy. I cannot wait. And the fact that we could possibly be getting uh, flighting um, as early as next weekend, and uh, for those maybe listening whenever, today is July 24th. So um yeah, and uh, end of July, early August, that's we could be playing Halo Infinite. I'm I'm so ready. I'm ready for Battlefield and Halo to be in their prime again and to be the games that everyone's talking about because I'm sick of Call of Duty, and as we'll get into later, I'm sick of Activision. And uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. Are you planning on uh, Are you planning on signing up, or you want to jump in, or are you going to wait for you wait for the launch and get the finished product? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm here for it. I think if uh, maybe actually right after this i might go and uh, go and check that out because yeah i'd be dying to get a little bit of a uh, gameplay going because it has been a while since i myself have done uh halo because i didn't have a lot of uh people who got really into it i think i the last thing i really played was uh halo 4 and i got i think i did the whole campaign on that but uh the multiplayer only for a couple weeks because i only had one other person who uh, was playing it and uh then uh yeah other things caught my attention and even halo 4 wasn't spectacular in terms of uh the multiplayer um but uh everything about halo infinite has uh brought me right back into it and i'm very excited so i might go ahead and uh sign up for that and see if i can get in because uh, the sooner the better because i'm looking for a uh, solid new multiplayer shooter to get back into it'll either be infinite battlefield or both probably both but <laughs> yeah yeah probably both exactly and i mean it's, it's important to mention too that you were 
in the in the Bungie era of Halo, I, I'm pretty sure you were a PlayStation guy back then, right? You were on like the PS3 yes. for that generation, and then at the Correct. end you switched to 360. So, um, and that, you know, I'm I'm actually surprised you made it through the whole way of of Halo Four because that campaign, um, a lot of the of the story beats and moments in that campaign are like kind of like directly related to the stuff they set up in Halo, you know, two and three. So. I'm surprised you made it through because I mean, if I was somebody who jumped into Halo Four, I'd be like, I don't know who's going on or why this is happening or what's happening. But well, um, you know what it was was I actually for Christmas that year I got uh, the limited edition Halo Four Xbox, so it also came with my Xbox and was the only game I had oh. right off the bat. <laughs> so I was playing it because. Uh, not only out of necessity, but I do like Halo as well. But uh, that was the title that came in the box with my Xbox. So as soon as I got my Xbox, I ran to my room and uh, basically just abandoned my family for Christmas and just stayed in there <laughs> until dinner time. And uh, I just set it all up and started playing uh, almost immediately. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, and I, man, I, I miss those days the, when you get the when you get the console box and you just rip it open. No. Yep no thought of ever using the box again just i need to get this thing on right now and you would see you'd have like one big box and you'd see two like game-sized cases sitting on top of it and you knew right away what you were getting but (laughs) yeah but uh you were excited nonetheless because you could you could see those little things my parents when we got our ps3 they tried to play it off like oh whoops we got you the wrong one the wrong game or something like that and then the very last thing we opened was the new system (laughs) stuff like that that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Because being like uh, a kid, you could very easily assume that your uh, boomer parents would would have mixed up the gaming consoles and got you the wrong one. But then sure right. enough, I, I got my Xbox after all. So I was happy about it. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, I'm super excited for Halo. Um, flighting is, uh, is exciting. I hate that they call it that. Just call it a technical test or a beta. It's so weird, but... Um, I, yeah, I'm excited. I'm signed up and ready to go. I, and, uh, if it's next weekend, that's, that's cool. And I, I like this idea of, uh, instead of doing multiple betas that are all the same thing, they're going to, it seems like they're going to, uh, have a specific flight for each sort of area of the game that they want to test. So this one is purely bots. When you, when you match, if you get into this flight and you match make, it's going to put four players together against bots. It's going to test out their effectiveness how they handle all that stuff. Uh, you're going to be able to try out the, um, what do they call it? Uh, the weapon drills. So the um, that's part of the academy that they have for new players where I guess it'll give you a gun and a certain assignment. You have to try and do it within a certain amount of time. So I like the idea of them sort of, yeah, set like sectioning off their different flights, testing different things so that they can get, you know, accurate data. And they don't just have a generic beta where they're trying to get, uh, you know, uh, data and and analytics on every aspect of the game all at once. So it's pretty smart, and uh, it makes me, it gives me uh, a lot of faith that they're trying to make this the best launch possible uh, with as few hiccups as possible. Because we've had some really great games this year that you and I have played at launch that have just absolutely dropped the ball, even though the core game is yes. fine. Yeah, um, anyone who's played Outriders knows exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, um, not a good one. No, they uh, they fumbled that hard. So rough launch. <laughs> so yeah. let's hope. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 I have high hopes that uh, Halo Infinite uh, will be done right 
with all these tests and like you say, sectioning it off, uh, looking good. Look at, they're doing everything right. They're doing everything right so far. I agree. Yeah. I'm excited. Um, moving on to number eight, Netflix has announced that it plans to bring games to its streaming service. Very few details have been announced, but the company has stated that the feature will be available to all customers at no extra cost. Um, I don't know how I feel with this. This is really, this is really weird. Um, I'm going to break tradition and I'm going to actually jump ahead to the rumor section because this one ties in directly. It'll actually give us a bit more to, to, to say, but, um, so that's, that's the official part of this is that Netflix is bringing games to its platform in some sort of way. And it's, uh, it's not going to cost anything extra. It's just coming to all users. Now, the rumor part of this is that apparently the gaming service is codenamed Shark and images have been data mined of the DualSense controller and Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, those have been found in the code for the iOS version of the app. So with that, it seems like, um, because everyone was wondering, like, why, like, who are they partnering with? Are they partnering with anyone? You know, obviously it wouldn't be Xbox. They have their own cloud streaming service. It wouldn't be Google because they have theirs. So it seems like it's this might be a mutual mutual beneficial sort of uh, thing for Netflix and uh, PlayStation. Netflix gets to dip its toes into games and PlayStation gets to dip its toes into like a proper streaming service. Um, so yeah, I wonder how this is going to play out. I mean, it says no extra cost to customers, but if you're somebody who's interested in this and doesn't have a console, do you have to go out and buy a controller? Right. Presumably you'd think, um, so this is interesting. Would you would you mess around with that if you booted up Netflix one day and you saw a selection of like PlayStation exclusives that let's say could be reliably streamed? I mean, your fucking internet would handle it, no problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um it's very interesting, especially as an Xbox player, um that uh I could have access to PlayStation exclusives potentially through Netflix. It seems like it it's a little bit odd and surprising to me for Netflix to be doing that. And I'm not entirely sure how like logistically that would work out. And like you say, like you would have to have a controller of some sort to play you'd imagine. And uh, the only thing that worries me with streaming games is obviously it's a little bit more unreliable than uh, anything that's uh, played via hardware, because uh, obviously it comes down to internet speeds and uh, latency and all those things. But uh, especially games that are single player like they would probably play pretty well on it so long as you have the internet uh capabilities and the fact that netflix wouldn't charge an extra cost um to have access to the game library uh you would think i would have imagined just if you had mentioned that to me right away i would have been like okay but for how much extra But um, yeah, no, that's, uh, I mean, it's definitely a big play and uh, it would give a little bit more access to um, players who, like you say, maybe can't afford, uh, you know, Series X, PS5 or a high-end gaming PC that make all those things possible, right? If it's just uh, anybody can afford, you know, a couple, you know, $15 a month for Netflix or something like that and have access to the same games without having to, you know, fork over five six seven hundred dollars for a console (laughs) yeah it's you're literally just paying the 15 bucks a month and then you know 50 dollars, 60 dollars for a controller and then you're set right um yeah it seems like the industry really wants to make streaming at least a viable option i i don't think it'll ever completely uh replace you know like you said 
hardware-based downloaded games. But, I mean, who knows? With the way that uh, technology is moving with like how fast 5G is and all this stuff, I mean, there very much could be a future in which wireless speeds are so fast and so consistent that streaming is just what you do, in which case you never have to download anything, which would be interesting. But, um, yeah, it's, it just comes down to that input lag. Like, you, you brought up single-player games, and that's a great point. Um, Netflix is a movie and TV show thing. So if they only start with single player games and there is a little bit of a lag that they can't quite fix like that, that's more tolerable because you're not, you know, uh, playing up against other players that's competitive and you need that edge. Uh, if it's just single player games, then they can kind of, they have a little bit of leeway with like things like lag or, you know, input delay and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's surprising. And, um, this this data mine thing could be bullshit but if it is it would make sense to me it makes the most sense that if they are partnering with somebody it would be playstation because they don't really they have playstation now which is an okay streaming service it has a lot of lag and it's not really great but i could see them i could see them uh, wanting to partner up for sure moving on number nine ubisoft has announced tom clancy's X Defiant, a Ubisoft original, because they like to brand their shit stupidly. Um, the game is a 6v6 free-to-play first-person shooter from ex-Call of Duty developer Mark Rubin. A PC closed beta is planned for August 5th. Um, the game seems to be like a mashup of all of their Tom Clancy sort of franchises. There's a characters from The Division, there's characters from uh, Ghost Recon running around. Um, and it looks, it just, it looks like a Call of Duty style 6v6, uh, arena shooter. Um, I don't, uh, I, I don't want okay, first of all, stop using this man's name because he's dead and he has nothing to do with this. And I even thought the division was a bit of a stretch, but this game and the way that it's branded and how it's so wacky fun, like, you know, uh, millennial energy, and then you just see Tom Clancy's name. It's like, what did you? I hate it. I hate it so much. Um, what did you think of the trailer? What did you, What did you think? Honestly, I thought it looked uh, it looked pretty cool. It's definitely uh, original, uh, so to speak. Aside from the fact that a lot of the stuff is from other games, but uh, it looks like a very weird combination between like the wacky power ups and things that go on in apex and you know but also solid gunplay from the division and things like call of duty it's kind of this weird mashup of a lot of uh different games kind of rolled into one and uh just looking through the trailer and some of the abilities and all the different kits and uh whatnot it could add a good bit of variety to uh to the game itself and they did make a pretty good trailer um i was uh i was intrigued by it i don't know how well it might actually pan out or how good the game will actually be. But uh, it did look uh, at least somewhat different from the, uh, from the games that are out there right now. And in a way it's kind of a mashup between a lot of them. Cause it's, yeah, it has that wackiness, but also saw it looked like some pretty solid uh, gunplay and customizations and stuff, but then with wacky abilities, like throwable force fields and all these crazy other things that are going on in the, with the player kits that you can select between um, definitely cool. Might check it out. It looks, uh, looks interesting for sure. And it might be one of those multiplayers you can hop into with your friends that uh, isn't uh, a battle Royale. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, it, 
it does so this this is that's my one concern with this game is that you're right it does look like a mashup of other games and my only my only pause for that is that is it a mashup of other games because they thought they could you know come up with this really unique formula and, and you know add a little bit of this add a little bit of that and this works out to be really fun or is it a boardroom decision of hey all of these games are popular right now make something that's all of them. all of them put together because, yeah <laughs> yeah because I, I that's the thing as i'm looking at it and i'm teetering because i'm like okay it could be fun like i do like the fact that it seems like it's call of duty like you said solid gunplay the gunplay does look really solid and the graphics are fine uh but then it's also got like overwatch style abilities where you have an ultimate a primary ability a secondary ability uh and it's all recharge based so it's uh yeah i i'm interested to play this i this is one that i definitely will try to make a point of playing a beta i did sign up for the pc closed beta but if there's like an open one it's one of those things where it's like i'll try to try to play a couple matches on a weekend or something like that because i am curious i'm kind of yeah like, like you said it's the trailer intrigued me I'm yeah intrigued. That, that's yeah. the word i would use yeah it's it, it just it seems intriguing i'm not over the moon about it and i don't think it would be bad or anything but uh it uh, caught my attention i feel like i'll give it a give it a look for sure and i, I and, and i do wonder if that is something to do with the uh with the multiplayer first person shooter drought that's been happening where you know uh, halo's taken five years off battlefield took three years off all we've had is call of duty that in terms of like somewhat quality triple a games so um yeah i mean in that way this could be the perfect time for them to try something like this because ubisoft is famously a third person sort of open world action game so if they ever were to try to do a first person multiplayer shooter i mean this is definitely the time to do it right so exactly moving on to our last bit of news this one is uh a bit of a doozy and uh it's it's quite a lengthy one to get through so I will do my best, but it's making huge waves in the industry, so I felt like it'd be kind of disingenuous to not talk about it. Um, But that is that the state of California is suing Activision Blizzard after a two-year investigation by the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing, uh, which will be referred to as DFEH from now on. Uh, But some of the allegations made are, like, super super like i can't i can't even fucking believe that this is actually real but um yeah some of the allegations are as follows uh women working in activision blizzard are denied promotion uh promotions raises or even equal pay despite performing better than their male colleagues male employees routinely delegating their work to female employees so that they can play video games instead uh, breastfeeding women being kicked out of the lactation rooms so that male employees can just have a meeting there for some fucking reason. I don't know how, why that's, oh, fuck. Uh, documentation of an alleged uh, cube crawl uh, where male employees get sloppily drunk and crawl around between cubicles and then harass and grope women that are trying to work. HR staff uh, are close to many of the offending employees, resulting in women uh, being discouraged and not feeling comfortable with going to HR to report incidents. And um, this last one here, which was uh, specifically mentioned, is that a female employee committed suicide on a business trip on which she was traveling with a male supervisor with whom she had a sexual relationship. Police uh, had found that the supervisor in question brought multiple sex toys with him on the trip and the victim had faced multiple incidents of sexual harassment at work prior to this, including a case where male colleagues passed around a photo of her at a work party. Um, 
fucking Christ, this is this is nuts that this is still happening. And this is something that's important for like in the gaming space. I find there's a lot of uh, I see a lot of like the whole like oh you know women in gaming like we get it you know it's 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 twenty it's it's twenty twenty one. Why are you guys still crying about stuff? It's like well, I mean, a lot of this stuff still happens and. Activision, this is not some mom and pop shop. This is a huge company that employs thousands of people, and this type of shit is still happening. So, um, it's uh, it's no reason why there are people still trying to raise their voices and bring up these issues because uh, it's not it's not as uh, bygone as some people think it is. But uh, multiple statements from higher ups at Activision uh, have been released, uh, many downplaying or outright denying the allegations. Uh, but at the same time, over 20 employees of Activision Blizzard have come forward online stating that the company's denial of the workplace culture does not represent their opinions and that there is an issue and drastic change is required at the company. So lots to unpack there. Um, also, multiple um, video game outlets have come forward and said that they're not covering Activision games, which is a huge um I mean that's that's a huge step, and uh, a lot of a lot of places haven't. IGN, Kotaku, and Polygon; these are big um, video game outlets. They haven't said that they're going to stop covering them because it is kind of hard to decide whether you do or don't because they are some of the biggest games. But for the ones that have some of the mid tier uh, outlets, bravo to you guys! Um, I'm thinking I might need to uninstall my game, my uh, my Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War after this because uh, I mean quite honestly they're okay games at best and then to also know that you're sort of feeding into this is is nuts but i mean there's a lot to unpack here what what are your thoughts i mean yeah the fact that it's not only still happening but clearly like running rampant in uh a business like you say thousands of people it's huge corporation by no means should there not be any oversight given to these sort of things happening in the workplace and just yeah other than like it's it's atrocious really that that's still happening like you we were talking about this the other day and you brought up like very wolf of wall street vibes it's like it just shouldn't be happening like that a work that you know somebody has to go into work and deal with these sorts of things in uh in this day and age is just uh kind of ridiculous and uh it just shouldn't be happening in general but the fact that it's happening on uh seems to be a fairly large scale uh, it's such a big company. It's like, how is, you know, how are, how are they getting away with this type of thing still? And uh, what, it, what kind of oversight is going on in there to uh, let these things be going on? Very, uh, very tough, tough to hear. Very rough stuff. It's not, uh, it's never good when these sorts of things come out, but it like, I'm glad that uh, it's getting the traction uh, that it needs. And that, uh, like you say, some outlets and whatnot, just downright boycotting them and stuff. And that's, uh, hopefully lighting a fire under the issue so that, uh, the people in charge can, uh, have some consequences and, uh, be able to fix the solution in some, some type of way, or at least, uh, give the companies some more oversight in that regard. Cause, uh, yeah, that's just terrible to hear. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's just ridiculous. And I, I can't help but feel like not only, not only is it a male dominated industry, but like, imagine you're, you're, you're just, you're a human being who happens to be a woman who loves video games and you grind your ass off and you make it to Activision Blizzard, right? You make it to this company that is known worldwide and, 
you know, releases games that sell millions and millions of copies. Like every Call of Duty sells at least 15, if not 20, sometimes 30 million copies, right? You've made it. And then this is how, this is what happens, right? You've grinded, you've put your nose to the, to the, to the grindstone and, and then you get there and immediately you're told to go, you know, go fetch me a drink, go do this, go do that. Maybe you're breastfeeding your child while still working. And then somebody comes in and decides to kick you out because they'd rather hold a meeting in the lactation room. Like it's fucking, yeah. That, that just seems you... intentional. Oh, how, how could it not like... be, right? You're going to tell me a, a company that employs, you know, thousands of people doesn't have uh, meeting rooms. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's like you said, oversight, right? There's a clear lack of oversight where either um, it's will, it's just rampant negligence or, more likely is that some of the people who are should be that are in the oversight position are also part of the problem in which yeah case. it could also be participating exactly exactly so i'm hoping that um I, I mean many people have had a lot of problems with activision for a long time aside from this stuff with their with their uh with their ceo getting paid astronomical numbers even relative to the gaming industry way more than other companies of of similar size and scale to uh frequent layoffs and just like putting like thousands of developers hundreds of developers you know out of uh, out of a job at a time so it seems like things are coming to a head and i'm hoping that this case uh brings about change I, i'd love to see some sort of huge consequences for these guys like some of these guys i mean some of these guys definitely need to get uh you know uh, put somewhere else or or lose their jobs i mean especially for some of this stuff where it's just like yeah it's it's really easy to not do this stuff if you're just a <laughs> a regular human being with empathy and a decent you know functioning brain it's really easy to not do this stuff so i have i, I won't have any sympathy for some of these guys if they end up losing their jobs but yeah it's very hoping... deserving if so Exactly. I'm, I'm hoping this brings about some real change, especially with the, uh, like you said, the boycotting and stuff like that. So um, that's something that, yeah, I felt like we had to bring up. It's pretty huge. It'll be interesting to see if maybe a couple days go by and then somewhere like IGN says that they're not covering Activision Blizzard games. That's going to be huge. That is, that's going to have significant repercussions. So if something like that did happen eh, for next episode and I didn't bring this up, then it seemed kind of out of place. So we had to talk about it. Um, yeah. I really hope that everyone who deserves it gets their comeuppance, and uh, yeah, my uh, the yeah, it's 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 absolutely ridiculous that this is still happening. Um, yeah, absolutely right. It's it's hard it's it's hard for us to try and diagnose it too because it's such an like, it's such a trivial like it's really easy to just treat a human like a human. So I don't even know how to how to begin in terms of why this might be happening. But there's no it. reason why really. There's no I mean, reason. No, there's no reason to stop it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to add in one last little bit of news. It's borderline video game news, borderline not. So, um, I'm bending the rules a little bit, but HBO's The Last of Us TV show, uh, there's a bit of interesting news there where it has been reported, um, through red tape proceedings. I don't know if it's something to do with the, uh, the government of Alberta and having to disclose how much money you're going to spend in the economy of that of that province, but it has been reported that uh, each of the 10 episodes of The Last of Us Season 1 will each have a budget of over $10 million, which is absolutely insane. Uh, for reference, the first season of Game of Thrones had about a $5 million uh, budget 
per episode. And that show looked fantastic from day one. So they are doubling down on this IP in terms of Sony and Activ- uh, Activision, Sony and HBO. Um, please, Activision, stay the fuck away from The Last of Us. Please <laughs> stay away. Um, but uh, yeah, that is exciting for me uh, because I I love that franchise. And it's it's I, I had no worries when it was HBO doing it because I do think HBO is one of, if not the best uh, networks in terms of reliably producing really high quality content. But the fact that they're going out this hard on the first season means that obviously they've been talking about this for a long time. Maybe somebody, um, uh, one of the executives at HBO knows this IP and knows that it can be a like the next big uh, series for them. But to start off season one at, you know, double what Game of Thrones had, it's nuts. And I'm, it just makes me super excited for it. Have you, have you been following this at all? Is this anything that, that tickles your fancy? Um, you have been talking about it in passing here and there. I personally haven't been following it, but I am absolutely here for it. Um, the fact that they are putting such a big budget into it actually doesn't really surprise me because that's exactly what they've been doing with the games. And they all the games already play like movies or TV shows or whichever way you want to put it. And I remember I've always had Xbox. I haven't played The Last of Us, but I made a note to watch a playthrough of it. And I watched the entire like storyline as if I was watching a TV series and I loved it. It was fantastic. And that was just a video game. So the fact that they are putting such a massive budget into a show, um, I'm a, I'm a TV show person. I watch tons of TV shows, probably way too much than, uh, than I should be. But, uh, yeah, it, uh, the games themselves were already so amazing cinematically that uh, a TV series I have nothing but high hopes for. I uh, I will definitely be watching that when it releases. Yeah, and uh, it's good to see. It's good to see that because um, it's been it's been a running meme where it's like stop trying to make video games in the movies. It doesn't work. You can't you can't take a, a 10, 20, 30 hour game and put it into a two and a half hour thing. So I'm I'm excited to see that in terms of video game adaptations. This is this is exactly what it needs to be. It needs to be a high quality TV show. You can't take a fifteen hour, you know, game like The Last of Us, which is so emotional and hard hitting, and like you said, cinematic, and yep. then try and put that into a two and a half hour sort of blockbuster romp. So the fact that it's a TV show at all is fantastic. The fact that it's HBO, another check, and then the fact that it's ten million dollars an episode for the first ten episodes is just like, yeah, just ticking all the boxes. Um, so I'm really excited to see what they're working on. And uh, yeah, the game, the director of the game is actually working uh, either with the showrunner or as a showrunner. So there's feedback from the people who actually made the game uh, going into the show. It's just... It's a perfect yeah. storm. It's a perfect storm. It is I, that's exactly right. It is a perfect storm. So and yeah, not quite... Gonna do it 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 would be hbo yeah they make nothing but amazing shows left right and center so yeah exactly so um yeah it's not exactly video game news but kind of it's teetering on the border so i figured i'd mention it um so you have that to look forward to and uh yeah that is that that is the last bit of news for the show um so now we're going to get into the rumor section Uh, We've only got a couple few this time around, uh, but some interesting nonetheless. Uh, So rumor number one, multiple indices. Let me restart that one. 
multiple industry insiders, um, which I should mention some of them, uh, well, both of them have spotty trackers. Sometimes they're right, sometimes they're wrong. But nonetheless, multiple um, uh, have claimed that Sony will host its E3 equivalent showcase on August 12th. Um, Sony has yet to hold a press conference focusing on its major first-party titles this year. Uh, We got one uh, press conference that focused on uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, and we got another one that focused on indies, but we haven't had their big showcase this year yet. Um, And uh, this is the second year in a row that they've skipped E3. So last year they skipped E3, but they had had an equivalent to bring, uh, and that happened shortly after. This year, this is the latest they've gone without without addressing, without sort of giving any sort of hint as to whether or not they'll do one. And because this is kind of like unknown territory, everybody's just assuming that they are, but it's it's coming to the point now with me where I think that maybe they're just so, like they're so confident with how they're performing that they're just not going to do a press conference. I mean, I don't know what the benefit in that is because it seems like showing your games is just like, there's no downside with that. But I, I mean, this is really, this is unheard of for them to just be this late into the summer, which very much is the show and tell season for games and to not have any indication of any sort of big press conference. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. It'll be interesting to see. Um, but uh, apparently August 12th, we'll see. Cause they also said uh, July and that didn't happen. So um, we have that to maybe look forward to. I'd, I'd hope they would do something. I'm excited to see uh, some more God of War for the sequel to that. We haven't seen any gameplay there and hoping to see uh, something for The Last of Us Factions mode, which was delayed and is now its own game. And there's lots of stuff they had to talk about, so it'd be really weird if they didn't. Um, number two, Jeff Grubb has claimed that Dragon Age 4 is slated for a 2023 release, which is a lot sooner than most people were thinking. Um, have you messed around with any Bioware games? Did you ever mess around with like Mass Effect or Dragon Age or anything like that? Now, uh, not Dragon Age. I did play a little bit of Mass Effect uh, 3, I believe it was. It was one of those ones my brother played like crazy, and uh, I definitely gave it a go for a little while. Uh, it wasn't wasn't quite my thing, personally. Um, I'm not a huge uh, solo player uh, in terms of video games. I'm very much a multiplayer type uh, type person. So I'm not too familiar with them aside from uh, the better portion of uh, Mass Effect 3 and the Dragon Age, none whatsoever, really. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've played maybe three minutes of a Dragon Age once at a friend's house, and and that's it. I did, I did play Mass Effect 2 and 3 uh, multiple times. I, I love both of those games, but... Um, the fact that this is the fact that he's claiming, and Jeff Grubb has a really good track record. Uh, the fact that he's claiming that Dragon Age Four is coming in twenty twenty three means that the new Mass Effect game is probably even farther out, maybe twenty twenty five, twenty twenty six. So um, it, that's something that we can take from this, obviously with a grain of salt still. But um, if you're not a Dragon Age Four person, this is kind of bad news because uh, that means that Mass Effect is pushed back, presumably even farther, unless they have separate teams working on it. But um rumor number three according to a recent job posting from respawn they are developing a new single player game set in a unique universe whatever that means i don't know uh, i don't know if that means that it's uh new like a new ip or if that means that it's a um a universe that people know that's very you know it's got its own style i don't know but uh they're making another single player game and we already know that they're working on a sequel to jedi fallen order so we know it's not that 
Um, it's a single player game, so I would guess that it's not a Titanfall. Unfortunately. Um, unfortunately. So I'm I'm curious to see what this is. I honestly there hasn't been a game that respawns put out that I haven't liked yet. I haven't tried Jedi Fallen Order. But uh, Titanfall 1 and 2, I loved. Um, Apex, uh, I, I was hard in that when that game first uh, dropped. So I'm excited. I'm excited. Respawn has yet to have a dud. Yeah, no kidding. And rumor number four. Job listings at IO Interactive have given us a small glimpse at their Project 007. Um, none of the info, though, is incredibly surprising. Uh, the game is described as a third-person stealth-slash-action-oriented game with adventure elements. Uh, the map, enemies, and challenges in the game will adapt to player actions. So this is another one of those things where it's like, this is all. This was all pretty much uh, a given. If you know IO Interactive, they're the guys that do uh, the Hitman games. And uh, this is one of those things where it's like, I almost don't... I don't really need to hear anything more about it because similar to the whole HBO Last of Us thing, this is just kind of like a match made in heaven. Like when you play the Hitman games, you're you know you've got your you got your nice suit, you got your spy gadgets, you've got your pistols, and 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 uh, it's pretty much already Hitman, right? You just are already 007. You just you know, slap a wig on Agent Forty Seven, and there you go. So um i'm excited this doesn't this doesn't increase my excitement but i'm i'm ready for another good 007 game it's been a while since we've been a long time and they were a staple for me uh growing up actually uh they were some of my favorite games to play uh i never did goldeneye a crazy amount i'm a i'm a 98 kid so i was a little bit past my time but uh the 007 Nightfire uh, from Russia with Love on the GameCube. Uh, me and my brother would spend the entire day just goofing around on that game, having a grand old time. And uh, they were always fantastic. They hold a special place uh, for me. So anything 007 coming out, uh, it definitely intrigues me. That is for sure. Yeah, I do. I do like the small detail. I mean, it's, it's 2021, so it, this was kind of expected because it's a pretty basic gameplay feature now, but I do like the confirmation that the, the map enemies and challenges will adapt to what you do. So if you have a... If, it, if this is that type of game where it just puts you on, say, like a, a Russian base and it's like, okay, you have three things to do. Um, if you do them in a certain order, maybe it locks down certain areas of the map and then you have to sort of go around that. Um yeah, I mean, again, pretty basic stuff, but it's just like, yeah, I'm so ready. I'm so ready for another uh, for another James Bond game. It just it's just such a fun universe. Oh yeah, and uh, fantastic because it's an established universe. They can kind of get away with having some of that sort of uh, not necessarily well. I mean, kind of campiness where they can have like the bombastic score and you know get it, getting away in an Aston Martin speeding off doing yeah. crazy shit. So I'm excited for this. I'm really excited for this. And uh, I, like I said, uh, hit they, IO Interactive already makes Hitman, and that's that's already a hop and a skip away from being 007. So yeah, um, just throw on the Aston Martin. You're there. You're there. <laughs> throw on the Aston Martin. Give him some hair, and pretty much take away the penalty for shooting everyone. That's and you have a 007 game, right? That's pretty Literally. much that's pretty much it. So I'm excited. I'm really excited for this. Um, the only thing that hasn't been said is the time period. And honestly, I'm kind of, I would love for like an eighties, early nineties setting. Like that's oh, yeah. Pier, that Pierce Brosnan uh, sort of uh, era of James Bond, because 
I, I like the simplicity of, of the guns and the technology and all that stuff. I, I would be a little bit disappointed if it's a modern day. That's my only that's my only want. I want like an eighties I want an eighties double oh seven game. That sounds fun. Yeah, you like the like the small little gadgets and stuff. You don't want to be too modern because then it kind of takes away from like what double oh seven is, right? Like the overmodernness right. would be a little bit too high tech and kind of take away from that old school classic spy style that it does so well. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited to hear more about that. That, that game is probably a little ways off though, probably 2023 at the earliest, but, um, they're going full steam ahead and they're hiring. So it's good news. Uh, and the last bit of rumors for the day is according to industry insider, Lance McDonald, he is aware of multiple PS, uh, PlayStation first party games that are currently planned for ports to steam, uh, but none of them are bloodborne. So, uh, sorry, Rashan, if you're listening, uh, Bloodborne is not apparently coming anytime soon. Um, I know you're not a PlayStation guy, so this doesn't really mean much for you. I, uh, it's 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 a small thing, but the fact that one of them isn't Bloodborne means that there's a better chance I will like I will get games that I want first before Bloodborne. So I'm not I'm not into the Soul style games. I've never I've I've tried Dark Souls, but it's just it's so punishing and. It's just not my cup of tea. They're very janky. I respect them. I know a lot of people love them, and it's they're one of those like super high skill ceiling games. But um, for me, this is good news because that means if they had three, the next three are ready to go, uh, I could possibly have already played and loved all three of them. So, um, yeah, this is uh, yeah not 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 a Bloodborne fan. So you know, it doesn't really do anything for me. But uh, I'm sure a lot of people are upset at this news so pour one out for the bloodborne homies sorry you're not the playstation does not want you to play this game in 60 frames per second apparently because that's another whole issue um but that is the show ladies and gents um quite uh i feel like it was a long one i don't know how long we've been recording for let's see yeah it might have gone a little bit too long a little little bit over but we had we had a lot to talk about yeah, no, and I don't, I don't, I don't have any sort of like target goal or anything like that. So, I mean, me and fucking Dan talked about Halo for almost two hours. <laughs> oh my god! So, yeah, it was a long one, but we had a lot to talk about. So, that is the show for today, ladies and gents. If you liked what you heard and you want to hear something similar to this, uh, stick around because, like I said, we are a bi-weekly video game news podcast. Um, I don't like, see, is it just me or does bi-weekly sound like twice a week? Uh, no, I, I would say every other. Yeah, see, that's one of those things yeah. where I know it means that, but like when somebody says bi-monthly, like in my brain, it's just my, the way my brain's wired, it's like bi-monthly means twice a month, bi-weekly means twice a week, but <laughs> that's just that's just one of those things that you pr- I've probably thought about it too much and now it sounds wrong. <laughs> right but but uh uh this is this is the bi-weekly show we, we we do it every two weeks so that whenever you come around there's usually something to talk about um that's the that's the method we've gone with and that's what's working so if you like that and you want to hear more you can just stick right around because we'll have an episode up every twice a month and uh sometimes we do special episodes where we just talk about non-news stuff like uh, e3 or uh I'm thinking about doing some other uh, some other episodes, or sometimes we talk about Halo for two hours. And the uh, passion uh, passion topics, the passion topics. That's a that is a good way of putting it. I like that. So, 
that's the show, ladies and gents. It's been me, Gage, and special guest host, Shelly. You can find him uh, nowhere because he's a sane person and doesn't have a lot of social media. So you can't find him. Sorry. Don't want to be found. Yourself, he doesn't want to be found. You can't find him. You can if you wanted to. You couldn't. <laughs> so, so that's it. Go away. Stop listening now. It's over. It's done. We're not talking about games anymore. Go away. You've got something to do right now. You should be doing something. Did you do the laundry yet? No. That's it. <laughs>